All right. Can you give me a big amen? amen. I love it. Oh, I love that. I, I, I love the little voice. Okay, so I just, uh, I have to let you guys know that I'm positive and I want to share that with you. <laughs> it's taken on a whole new meaning, hasn't it? It used to be I'm positive meant, yeah, and now it's like I'm positive and we're like, no, go away, leave me alone. But I really do. I want to share this with you. Um, in the new year, uh, I think it's a, a good opportunity for us to evaluate ourselves and the way we look at life, the way we look at other people. And I will say that there are broadly three major ways that people look at life and thus at the new year, right? So some people say, you know what? Everything's going to be all right. Are you one of those people? Yeah, man, everything's going to be all right. It's all good. And some people are like, it's all falling apart. And honestly, you know, if you look around you, uh, I had so many people tell me this morning that they weren't going to be here. I was thinking it was going to be like six people. So I'm really excited that there's 16 here. Um, <laughs> there's a few more than that. But nonetheless, yeah, if you, if you base your assessment of reality on circumstances, my goodness, there are so many circumstances that can convince you that the wheels are falling off and the whole world is coming apart and it's all going to be bad. Uh, anybody uh, ever watch uh, Winnie the Pooh oh, yeah. back in the day? I and mean, like younger people are like, what? Who? Winnie the Pooh. Do you remember the character Eeyore? What was he like? A donkey, I think. Oh, and Eeyore talked like this. Everything is going to be awful. You just never know. Winnie the Pooh was always, you know, very positive, but Eeyore was like this. Eeyore is that guy, and you might be that. I don't know. And then there are those that just say, you know what? Who knows? Come what may. Uh, you know, you can't predict. Um, we'll see what happens. So I guess you could title these three. The first one, uh, everything's going to be all right, that we would call that an optimist, right? And then the person that's like, the wheels are falling off, the world is doomed, we're all doomed, we're all doomed. That's the pessimist. And then we could say that the person that's like, well, we'll see what happens. That would be a realist, okay? So do you have any reason to be an optimist? Do you have any reason to receive the positivity that I want to give you today? Well. I believe that everything is going to be all right. If you believe that everything is going to be all right, then you have, I think, some basis for your confidence. Now, some people, just in their temperament, they call that, you know, your, your innate feelings, are just naturally positive people. And those of you that have had children, you realize this, right? Some children are just inherently more positive, and some children are born as Eeyore, basically. It's just kind of the way they are. And then some children are more analytical and they're, you know, they're already like, like Jubilee was talking about the Trinity when she was three. And it's, I'm like, okay, that, that you even know what the Trinity is, right? Your brain is like the size of Einstein already. Um, but if you, if you believe that everything is going to be all right, as I do, then hopefully you have some basis beyond your feelings because here's the reality. Your feelings will change even if you are of a positive temperament, 
The reality is when you get out there and the wind is blowing cold and everything is falling apart, it's going to be hard to maintain that quote unquote positivity, right? So I would advocate for you to have a basis on something other than your feelings and on something other than circumstances, right? Um, we can have confidence that everything is going to be all right. And I want to pass that along to you. The scripture says, this is the definition of faith, and you can look it up in your own translation, which by the way, I, I was passing along to Craig several weeks ago that the venerable NASB, the New American Standard Bible, has come out with a revision, which is amazing, right? Uh, and it's, uh, it came out in 2020, terrible year, but great revision. And so I've been looking at that translation here recently, but I think I memorized what I'm about to quote to you in the NIV. This is the NIV. This is actually a, the revised NIV. And I know some of you, you, you don't care about that. You don't want to hear about that. And, and by the way, can I just say in passing, don't be thrown off by the fact that there are so many translations. That's not a bad thing. Many translations is not a bad thing. You do understand that the Bible is not written in English, don't you? You do realize that, right? In fact, we don't have many versions of the original Bible. What we have are many manuscripts that those who are intelligent enough to bring them together and sort through them create uh, a, a Greek New Testament. We call, uh, there's two different versions. There's the Nestle Alon, which is in the 28th version right now. And uh, then there's the United Bible Society, which is in the fifth version. And that's in Greek. An English translation is just looking at that Greek Bible and bringing those words over into English. And we have different ideas of how that should happen. You don't have to know all that to realize that as long as your translation was done by genuine scholars who were looking at the legitimate Greek New Testament or Hebrew Old Testament, then you're good to go. In fact, you should lay as many translations down side by side as you can, because I would say that other than myself and Pastor Craig, there's probably nobody in here that reads Greek, and I don't read it terribly well, right? There's probably nobody in here that reads Hebrew. So don't be thrown off by you know uh, this talk of translations. Man, be excited. That means that you have an opportunity to kind of get back at the language and look at what these different people who are translating are trying to bring into English, and you can say, wow. So uh, in karate, I have verses that the kids have to memorize. And I mandated a long time ago that they memorize in the original uh, NIV, the one that came out in 1984, which is not this one, but uh, it's the older one. And they're not that much different. There's more inclusive language in the, in the new one. But then I started realizing they weren't memorizing these verses, right? I've got kids that have been there for four years and they're still not memorizing all these verses. So I thought I need to make it. Oh, by the way, the reason that I did that is because I have them all memorized there and for me to help them, right, and just let it roll off my tongue, then I wanted them to be memorizing in the same translation that I did. So what I did is I combed back through all of our verses, all the way through Blue Belt, which means Proverbs, that's what they memorize, yellow tip, yellow belt, and orange belt, and then New Testament verses, uh, really, really good New Testament verses uh, for Blue Belt. But I went through and I looked at multiple translations. I looked at the International Children's Bible. I looked at the CEV, the Contemporary English Version, the NCV, which is based on uh, the, the same translation idea as the International Children's Bible. These are simplified Bibles. They're genuine translations, 
but they're predicated on the idea that the person reading the translation is not going to be a Bible scholar. In fact, what do you think the average reading level for an American is? As in grade level, reading level. Would somebody say fifth grade? Yeah. Okay. Anyone else? Seventh? So anyone else? It's actually fourth grade. You are very close. The average American reads at a fourth grade reading level. Now, now, don't disparage yourself. You may be a good reader. You may be a bad reader. This is not an effort to make anybody feel bad about their reading capability. What it is, is my effort to help you understand why there is a translation like the CEV, Contemporary English Version, and the NCV, and the International Children's Bible. It's so that people who are not, you know, King James readers, and they're not brilliant theologians or whatever, uh, you know, not everybody has the same level of education. Some people have been to college, some people have been to high school. Uh, you know, some older people, when it wasn't required for them to finish high school, didn't even finish high school. Don't feel bad about yourself. But get a hold of a translation that you can understand. But challenge yourself to the next level. So when I talk to kids, I don't dumb things down for them. Now, I'm going to hopefully use terminology that I can bring them up to. But I, this is why you'll hear me say in sermons all the time, do you understand what this word means? I'm not trying to patronize you and make you feel dumb or insinuate that you are less educated than me or less intelligent than me. I, that's what I want to know. When I read a book, I love the new um, digital versions of books, okay? I have a million Kindle books, but you know what I love about them? I don't have to sit there with a dictionary next to me. If I'm reading a book that's using terminology that I don't recognize, I can just touch the word and the dictionary comes up and it's voila, that's what the word means. If you want to get more intelligent, challenge yourself, amen? amen? Like don't just, you know, go along the same level that you've always been, kind of bump yourself up a level. So all that to say, don't be thrown off by multiple translations. It's not a bad idea, it's a good idea. And I went through these, um, these verses and I, trans I, I looked at translations that I just mentioned. The NLT is another one, the New Living Translation. Um, the, uh, the reading level on that is a little bit higher, but it's focused on being readable to those of us who are in our culture today. So when you read the NLT, um, it flows very, very well in English. All that to say, those are the translations that I use to uh, redo those verses for these kids. And so that means, Jubilee, you need to be getting your blue belt very soon. All right, she's already a junior blue belt. So let's get back to my original uh, discussion here. Um, yeah, I know where I got this. So I memorized this in the, uh, the 1984 NIV, and it says, this is faith. This is the definition of faith. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So, I want you to be confident that everything is going to be okay. Listen to what faith is. Now, faith is the assurance of things hopeful. You know what that? That's confidence. That's confidence that everything is going to be all right. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. In other words, we walk by faith and not by sight. The conviction doesn't come from my assessment of circumstances. Right now, January 2 of 2022, there are more people sick in this church than I can remember there being in this church. It's crazy. And in spite of that, Rachel was sick all week and she was up here singing. Miss Mary was sick and I knew you'd be here this morning. Did you know that? I knew you would. 
I prayed for everybody. I've been standing in the gap for everybody. Because you know, when you're sick, you just, you don't really feel like you have much faith. You know what? I just don't feel like much of anything. I just want to die. I'm a terrible sick person. I complain a lot, whine and moan and groan. Okay. So that's why oftentimes when I'm sick, I'll like put a little post on Facebook, pray for me, you know, because I get very Eeyore when I'm sick. It's bad, right? But we need somebody to intervene and intercede for us when we're sick. We need somebody to stand in the gap. So you know what? Some of us are rugged, independent. I don't need any help. And I'm just going to be sick. And I'm going to sit here and be sick until I'm done being sick. And nobody needs to know <laughs> about it. Man, ask for people to pray for you. Amen? I am confident that everything is going to be okay because I have hope in a good and loving God. Faith, now faith, is the assurance of things hoped for. Whoa. So, in order to have faith, I have to have hope. Now, we talked about hope several weeks ago when we were uh, lighting that first Advent candle. And uh, hope is predicated on a promise. It is some set of circumstances or some situation or some plan or some procedure that appears to be promising to us. Right. So you go out and you make some applications and, you know, several of them come back. And these are promising possibilities of a new job that will give you greater prosperity. So the, your hope rises. Right. It's, there are also circumstances where somebody, a person promises you something. Kids, this happens to you all the time. Young people, this happens to you all the time. Uh, you know, dad says, okay, we're going to go on a vacation this summer and we're going to go to Florida. I don't know, wherever. And so you get your hope up, right? Uh, kids often get their hopes up, not always, but often get their hopes up around Christmas uh, because they've asked for a certain thing or certain things. And they think, you know what? I think I'm going to get that. I think, you know, that uh, that's going to be under the tree and all this. And so we get our hope up on the basis of that promise. But it's absolutely essential if you're not going to have your hopes dashed and end up despairing that you have a trustworthy source for those promises, right? So have you been around people, it seems like there's a lot of these lately, that say they're going to be somewhere and then don't show up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know, you know, people that are, uh, that are bosses, right? They're, they're in uh, a position of responsibility where they're counting on an employee to be there and then they don't even show up. Uh, Pastor Craig, you're an assistant principal. Has that ever happened to you? Yes, he just really, yes, okay. And these are teachers, right? These are people that went to school and, and, and you know they got certified and all this other stuff and then they're just not show. People are just not showing up all over the place. Right now they're saying that there's more people quitting than ever in the history of keeping this record. You know, people just not showing up. Well, see, it's one thing to search for a new job and pray through it and give your two weeks notice or whatever and do that properly. But you know, a lot of people will just, they'll tell you they're going to be somewhere but you know that that's really probably not going to happen. Do you know anybody like that? I, there's a young person that used to go to this church. And he periodically calls me on the phone. And, hey, Pastor D, how you doing? Da, 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 da. And then he'll be like, right in the middle of the conversation, he'll be like, oh, I got another call. I'll call you back. And I'm like, no, he won't. And he doesn't. 
I can count on the fact that he's going to make a promise and break it every time. See, so if you know what's going on, then you don't ever get your hopes up. You're like, ah, that's not a trustworthy person. So it doesn't matter. The promises that they make don't matter to me because they are not going to keep their promises. And that's the nature of the circumstances, right? So if you watch certain news sources, they're going to make negative promises, right? So we were hearing about the Omicron variant forever, and now everybody and their mother and brother and fifth cousin is sick. And so, you know, we're all going to die, according to those news sources. And if you pay attention to that, this explains why, you know, many people are so bummed out, so down all the time, because, you know, they know you're going to watch, so they can pick any negative, dark, horrible story from any corner of the globe and say, look, it's all horrible. It's all going down the tubes. And you yes, okay, so I'm going to keep watching the news so that I can stay afraid. Man, get off of that crack pipe, right? There's just some really, really good news, and it's in God's Word. Amen? Amen. And God is trustworthy. And as I've heard many preachers say, uh, time immemorial since I got saved, I don't know what the future holds. Say that. I don't know what the future holds. But I know who holds the future. Amen? I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. I've committed my soul to him, and I know that he's got me in his hand. Amen? Amen. So I don't care what the news says. That doesn't mean I, I'm going to be uninformed, but I'm not going to put my hope or my lack thereof in these circumstantial happenstance stories. I'm going to trust God's word, and God's word affirms Everything is going to be all right. You say, okay, pastor, where? And all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Wait for it. How many things work together for the good? Who do they work together for the good for? Those who love God. Okay. By a show of hands. How many of you would say, I love God? All right. In fact, interestingly, in the Greek, Pastor Craig, did you know this? In the Greek, the word order starts with, for those who love God, all things work together for the good, for those who are called according to his purpose. It starts with, for those who love God. Do you love God? Yes. Yes. Amen then you're going to take action in that love for God in the new year and who are called according to his purpose. So what's, what's the purpose? The purpose is to make you more like Jesus. You're going to become more like Jesus, right? I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to walk in the light as he is in the light. And then he's going to forgive me of my sins. And then I'm going to have fellowship with other believers who walk in the light. I'm going to follow Jesus. God's goal is to make me more like Jesus. So listen, as long as I love God, and I'm trying to follow Jesus, and you're not going to do that perfectly. That's why we need that forgiveness constantly. That's why we need him to reach down and pick us up off the ground when we fall down. But if we're following Jesus and we love God, everything is going to be all right. Say that. I don't care how many people are sick right now. It's all going to be all right. And I knew this was going to be the case before the Omicron variant. Now, I can look at circumstances and say, well, this quote-unquote variant seems to be quite mild. 
There's not many people going to the hospital by comparison. There's very few people dying by comparison. Many people are experiencing this more like a milder case of the flu or somewhat of a cold. But that doesn't mean that getting sick is ever fun. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be careful. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't hammer some people the wrong way, okay? Um, there's a young man that I'm familiar with uh, and uh, I've been talking to him. He's fixing to start a church. I've been talking to him about it. And he got hit with COVID several months ago, went to the hospital. And I mean, he was on oxygen. It was bad. So I'm not trying to be Pollyanna about this and just blithely say, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. There are plenty of people who tried to say that COVID was nothing that are dead right now. Right. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trusting that it's nothing. And neither am I. Uh, afraid because, uh, you know, I think it's going to take me down. No, I'm trusting God's word. And God's word says, all things work together for the good. How many things? All, all things work together for what? The good. the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So no matter what it is, that's what I'm looking out for. We call that providence. That's very, very important. So that goes, now let's go back. That's a promise that is made by who? Who made that promise? Jesus. God made that promise. Is that correct? Is God trustworthy? Oh, you're not just jumping on. Is God trustworthy? Does God keep his promises? That's all I need to know. God is good. God is loving. God keeps his promises. It is then incumbent upon you to learn the promises. You need to dig into the scripture and learn the promises. This is why I try to send, I don't try, I do. I send out a, uh, a passage of scripture every single day. If you go to lifewell.flocknote.com, you can find the daily Bible and you can click that. You can sign up for any groups that you want to get news from. Daily Bible, I send out a verse or, or two verses, and there's always a link. Well, not, not always. 90% of the time, there's a link that you can click that will take you to Bible.com so you can read the whole chapter. But I'm trying to get you into the Word. I'm trying to get you to see that there are promises that are in the Word that will renew your mind and give you the right attitude that you need to get through this difficult life that we're facing right now. So, I believe that the Bible is God's word. Do you believe that? Yeah. Do you believe the Bible is God's word? Yeah. Because it's God's word, then it is infallible. That means it cannot fail, right? No word that proceeds from God's mouth is going to fall to the ground without accomplishing what he wants. Uh, the scripture says it's just like the rain that comes down out of the sky and waters the earth and produces uh, seed for the sower and bread for the eater. God says, so is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire for it to accomplish. God's word is faithful. Amen? Because God is faithful. So as a result, I can be confident if I will pay attention to and believe God's word. Now, does that mean we're not going to have difficulty? No, that's not what that means. In fact, the Apostle Paul uh, started many, many churches um, and after he had uh, gotten finished, actually, he was dragged outside of a city and stoned with stones at one point. And they, they left him for dead. 
the dude was tough. This was, you know, people don't often understand. They think of the Apostle Paul as being super smart and, you know, very, very uh, holy and, and these sorts of things. The Apostle Paul had to have been tough. I mean, he just got the tar knocked out of him all the time. He was beaten with rods. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked, all this other stuff. And, you know, he would just, he just kept getting up and stumbling on and continuing on. It didn't matter. He just plowed forward. And he said this, uh, when he was referring to uh, the people that were in the area where he had been stoned and left for dead, he said, we must go through many hardships to get into the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Was boot camp hard? Yeah? You had to go through boot camp, though, to be ready to be in the army, right? So even though it was hard, you didn't give up, did you? Nope. You're still sitting there. Now, I was watching a video on talk about boot camp, it was talking about guys that go out for the Navy SEALs, right? And one guy was talking about his class, I guess, I don't know what they call them, right? There's some term for it. And he said there were 279 guys that started at the beginning and there were like seven that finished. Man, it's hard. And they actually, in the Navy SEAL training, they, they want them to quit because they don't want them to uh, delude themselves into believing that they're going to be able to handle the kind of combat that they're going to have to deal with, they, they push them and they push them hard because they want them to give up. But if you don't give up, there's a reward. And you didn't give up and there's going to be a reward. Amen? This life is boot camp for eternity. So don't give up. Be confident that you have what it takes because God has put it in you. Amen? See, I have what it takes because God has put it in me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? You have what it takes. So you need to stand up, square your shoulders, level your head, and walk forward and say, you know what? I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let my hands hang down low. I'm not going to let my knees go weak. I am going to move forward. I am going to be strong. I am going to be confident in this new year, no matter what the world says. So, with that, I am positive. And I have tried to infect you with that positivity. And some of you are not receiving the, my infection. You're looking at me like, well, we'll see. Well, congratulations, Mr. Realist. There was a video that I played at the beginning and I almost preached a sermon on that. Be intentional this year. Do you know what that means? That means stop letting everything just happen to you. This is what we do, right? We just, uh, well, we'll see what happens. You know, I don't know. We'll just, we'll see how it plays out. How about you stop letting other people decide the direction your life is going to take? Amen? How about you start getting a hold of the reins of your life and taking it the direction that you believe God has led you? Amen? Hey, man, there's no reason to sit back and do nothing. There's no reason to step out in front of God and presume, but there's every reason for you to trust God. And if you are a person of faith, that will invariably result in faithfulness. That means without variation, it's always faith. If it's legitimate, if it's honest, if it's authentic, faith will always result in action. Action that happens over a period of time, and that's faithfulness. So here you are sitting here this morning. Here you are watching the video, watching the live stream. 
And this is an opportunity for you to have confidence and to know, not guess, not suppose, not pretend, but to know that everything is gonna be all right. And 2022 can be your best year yet. Amen? Amen. I declare it, and I know Miss Mary agrees with me, and so if she agrees with me, (laughs) nothing that y'all think matters anyway. (laughs) Scripture says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. It says, if any two of you agree is touching anything on earth, it will be done for them in heaven. Miss Mary and I agree, 2022 is going to be our best year yet. Amen? Amen. This church is going to grow in 2022. Amen? Amen? Amen. I hope you grow in 2022. I hope you are confident as the result of hearing a message of faith here at Lifewell Church.